Hi everyone, my name is Jasenia. And I'm Carissa. And welcome back to another episode of the Phasing In Podcast. On this week's episode, we are going to be delving into our popular and not so popular hot takes on the MCU and a little bit of the DCU. So without further ado, let's get into it. Alright, so starting off for the first hot take, should have been Clint or Natasha ready do we want to give our answers on a count of three yeah okay ready one, one two, two three, three. natasha Clint. oh it gosh. should have been natasha i liked the fact that it was natasha well i didn't like the fact but yeah but no <laughs> <laughs> yes but no actually <laughs> no okay here's my reasoning it shouldn't have been natasha because i feel like the main reasoning for everybody is that obviously well now post black widow we know that her relationship with Yelena was strained at one point to the point where they eventually separated. And from that point, you know, when did she meet with Yelena? Post. Post-Civil War. Post-Civil War. Mm-hmm. So they've both been through their own thing. She's repairing her relationship with her sister. Mm-hmm. But her real family is the Avengers. Like, face it. Like, you know, her and Bruce have this undeniable, you know relationship well not romantic not romantic but like just a like a type of friendship that's very rare the same thing with her and cap her and tony her and everyone they just Uh grew grew so close and it's like dick what would you do for your family the avengers were her family and she knew that clint had his family his wife his kids Mm -hmm. so i felt like familial wise and she only had yelena her mom and dad were her mom and dad so what am i trying to say i guess is at the end of the day she's just alone so her dying did have an emotional effect on like the people around her but she never had that family you know like a biological you know like a husband like the typical um what they called there's a word for it like just typical wife husband and child you know yeah she never had that nuclear Nuclear family nuclear family there you go um she never had that nuclear family but clint did so she did the sacrifice okay so no (laughs) um i describe it as like a dysfunctional family not every family Mm -hmm. has to be biological in order for it to be a family Mm -hmm. like you said with the avengers but with everything that she went through growing up and the red room and all the flashbacks that we saw it necessarily we saw more of it in black widow but we saw a peak of it in what was age of ultron yeah when we flashbacked into her mind she i believe deserved better than to just end it on like that mm-hmm. and for the argument that clint have had a family i don't it goes to the question of like does a life is a life worth more just because they have a biological family and i don't think that um clint having a family had to do any had to do anything with um with this decision because at the end of the day he had everything at you know at his fingertips Mm -hmm. well whereas natasha she like you said she's still repairing her relationship with elena she's getting a better life after all of this trauma and everything that she went through clint 
while he was an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., I believe, um, he had a family, he had love, he had a life that Natasha didn't have. And it didn't necessarily have to be biological for Natasha to have a normal life, you know, with Mm -hmm. the the family that that she chose. So... I think it could have been Clint. It should have been Clint. It should have been Clint, yeah, when it came to sacrificing themselves. Um, Are you done with your... I think I am done with my (laughs) argument. I don't want to cut you off. Um, Yes. But I want to touch on a point that you brought up where Clint had a family and, you know, he had his life. The children, his kids haven't had a life yet. If he would have died, he would have left behind minors. He would have left behind children without a father who were like, you know, who love their father. So that's the part where it gets me where like, if it would have been Clint, he would have left these kids basically, you know, even though he was willing to sacrifice himself, mm-hmm. you know, they were both fighting to see who was going to jump when they both realized that one of them had to die. Um, in my opinion, Clint knew that Natasha was going to sacrifice herself. So that's what he was trying to prevent. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think he wanted to sacrifice himself because, I mean, you know, we're not parents. But, like, yeah. I assume he wouldn't want to leave his kids. Yeah. Or the character of Clint Barton wouldn't want to leave his kids, you know, not orphaned, but, you know, without a dad. And he wouldn't want to leave his wife be widowed. Mm-hmm. Um, so I found this comment, too, online. Oh. It reads, Natasha's death was probably one of the saddest deaths in the MCU, which I think we can both agree on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it continues to say, however, it needed to happen. If Clint had been the one to die, it wouldn't have been as impactful. Natasha had a larger fan base than Clint. And this is just an opinion, but I think the point of Endgame was to leave an impact on fans. It was meant to make us get in our feelings, and I hope it makes sense. Um, And then he ends with, I'm not really good at explaining things, but this is how I feel. So yeah, I think Natasha's death was necessary for her character arc. Okay. I feel like I still disagree with you on that mm-hmm. part, but I do agree with you on the fact that um, that we didn't really see much of Clint's backstory and upbringing as we did with Natasha. Well, this is after Endgame because with Black Widow, mm-hmm. um, but even with her characterization, she was in more movies. I think Cause, yeah, she was in Iron Man, she was in um, Winter Soldier, so she was technically in like more movies than Clint was. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what brought her fan base like up. That's what made everyone love her. And that's yeah. why it had more of an impact on her. And that's why we got to really sympathize with her and really where I'm coming from. Like, we don't have a satisfying ending to the fact that she had such a horrible, like, first part of her life. Yeah, a Whereas horrible Clint, upbringing. Yeah, horrible upbringing. So when Clint didn't pass, we don't have that emotional attention attachment to him so i i agree with you on that that i feel like at this point um what is it that nat's death was more impactful mainly because we knew her more Uh and if it would have been the other way around which i thought would have been good either way you know and then i'm gonna pull a freaking wanda like does does he do they have a mother (laughs) (laughs) then they'll have someone to take care of him (laughs) that was crazy oh my god um but separate thing we know that the original six Avengers are no longer, mm-hmm. you know. Was Wanda the first one to die out of the first six? Wanda. I mean, Wanda, what's her name? Natasha. Natasha, yeah. Yeah. Because she sacrificed herself for the stone. 
the soul stone. Mm-hmm. And then... And it was Tony. Tony died because he put on the gauntlet. And then it was... Well, it was still in debate with Cap. Cap. Well, Cap is no longer in debate. Well... Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then Thor just went on to do his Thor merry way. Thor <laughs> um, And Hulk is like... Oh, my God. Speaking of Hulk. Whoa. And She-Hulk. Where is he going? Oh, where is... Oh, ah! Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert for episode two of um, She-Hulk. He's off in the Sakaara ship. Where is he going? I'm hearing um, theories of um, Planet Hulk. Of of, what was What's the name of the comic? What's the name of the comic? Oh, my gosh. Of, um... Jesus. But it's like... Planet Hulk. That's what. That's the first thing that I'm coming up with. Mm-hmm. But he's going back to Sakar and on Sakar. Oh my gosh, so many. We could have a whole Hulk movie out of this. <laughs> I know, because. Oh my god, I don't even know what to think. Because it came out today. We're recording it on yeah. the day that episode two came out. And when the scene, I was sending Carissa pictures of like my reactions, mm-hmm. and then I think Jen was the one that called Hulk to like mm-hmm. ask the, if it was okay to like you know talk to the Abomination or represent him in court, um, which is also another little spoiler. Um, yeah, that's a little spoiler. Hulk is in the spaceship going somewhere. He went on his merry way. <laughs> um, so we're just gonna leave it off at that because She Hulk is a very new series with only two episodes. Yeah. Um, and like so we'll talk about it yeah, later we'll on it after later the on. series is over. Mm-hmm. Um, but second hot take. Second hot take. Best live action Spider Man. Ready? ready? One, three, two. Oh wait. Oh, <laughs> one, two, three, three, or three, two, one. Either one. Ready? Okay, ready? One, one two, two, three. three. Andrew Garfield. No. Oh gosh. <laughs> okay. Okay. You want to start off first now, or no? Wait, I did started you go? off. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You start so, off. My justification, I think what everyone um, has on their mind is just that he's the close resemblance to comic book Peter in terms of personality and in terms of acting, in terms of age, for one thing. He's the, the youngest actor to play Spider-Man, closest to high school. Everyone else was in their late 20s and Mr. Tobey Maguire... Sir, we love you in Spider-Man. Oh, no, hey, we love Tobey Maguire. We love Tobey. We love Tobey so much. forever the yes. number one. Number one in our hearts. But man was in his 30s. <laughs> we love you. But, um, yes. So, Tom Holland, I just feel like he has that charisma to play both um, Spider-Man and then the awkward teen, like, personality to mm-hmm. play Peter Parker. Um, he is an amazing actor. We saw that in all his movies, especially in No Way Home. That one deserves an Oscar, in my opinion. Just the way he just, oh, the emotions, the raw emotions, the way he struggled yeah. mentally with that, having yeah. to um, choose to kill Green Goblin. The movie has been released for months. If you haven't watched it already, that is on you. That I'm saying spoilers already, but the 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 choice to not kill Green Goblin even after he killed Aunt May. Oh, the turmoil of him. That I believe is what sold it for me. That this is our this is our Spider-Man for at least this generation. Mm-hmm. And Spider-Man of the generation. Well, damn. He's also been in more movies. I'm not gonna let. I'm not gonna. Okay. Uh, Whoa. <laughs> that wasn't Andrew's fault. I know it's that not Andrew's fault. That wasn't Andrew's fault. I'm so sorry, Andrew. Listen, you're like my second favorite Spider-Man. Again, no hate to Toby Maguire. I love you, Toby, but like, I'm sorry, but this man has all of the all of the qualities to be Spider-Man and Peter Parker. 
Whereas the others, they have the best qualities for Spider-Man, but not Peter Parker. Or they have the best qualities for Peter Parker, but not Mm Spider-Man. Tom Holland has the best qualities for both. And that's my argument. Damn. I'm sorry. If I ever meet Andrew Garfield, I'm going to tell him that you said... Tom Holland. No! <laughs> he will probably agree with you and be like, hey, you know what? It is what it is, but I I had an amazing you time. You know why? Because he's a nice person like he that. He is a nice person, and that's why I love him. <laughs> okay, anyways. I'm going to cry to my Andrew Garfield Spider-Man poster that I have on my wall. You don't deserve that. I'm sorry. You don't deserve that. Oh, my God. Um, But I think the best live-action Spider-Man, besides Toby, because we love Toby. Toby is forever our number one. We're repeating on the 50 million uh, time. We love Toby. Because we grew up on Toby. Yes. So he Everyone, always has yes. a special place in our hearts. Mm-hmm. And we're not going to lie, we were both, like, violently sobbing when he came out in No Way Home. Yes! Oh, my God! Um, But, in my opinion, Andrew Garfield is the best Spider-Man for many reasons. A, he had a deal with so many deaths and so many complex emotions because he didn't have CGI. Mm-hmm. Not like Tom Holland who has CGI to his advantage. Yeah. To like morph his face into, you know, the emotions. Okay. Andrew Garfield does a, such a wonderful job of like full body acting because his eyes didn't move. He can't emote stuff, you know. Um, obviously his face is completely covered. But you can tell how he's feeling especially in that one scene i think on the bridge where him and gwen were fighting and then he's just like moving his arm off flailing and is that the one where everyone's um re-audio tuning just different songs and he's just (laughs) 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 i'm all flailing my arms like like if you know that one video of him and gwen just arguing it's just it's forever on tiktok it's amazing but yeah i think that whole like full body emotion just like that's just such wonderful acting and i hate the argument where they're like andrew garfield's too cool to play peter parker oh no like no he is nerdy as well yeah. he is he's awkward this man's this link, movie came out awkward. Yeah. in what 2014 2013 mm-hmm. like that era that era was very like 1975 arctic monkeys you know casey mm-hmm. elephant like very like dark and grungy like that yeah and it played to the era yes like his his Spider-Man played to the era the same way you can tell Tobey Maguire's like Spider-Man era because of what's like you know on his wall what's he into mm-hmm. that's perfect for Andrew Garfield too and I don't think Tom Holland has that type of thing you know mm-hmm. where you can't really tell like his Peter Parker doesn't play to like it's just Peter Parker in New York I don't know if I'm explaining myself yeah like he's not uh, he's not as uncool as Peter Parker normally is. He's very, like... No, he's... Um, I don't know how to explain it. Tom Holland's Peter Parker had a lot of things handed to him. Okay. Oh, okay. You know, yeah. He had a lot of things handed to him, while Andrew Garfield's and Toby's, like, he had to kind of, like, you know, struggle through it, and it took him a while to get to the point where he is. And I feel like the only reason why his argument is that strong it's because, like you said, Tom Holland does have more movies. Tommy Maguire had an amazing trilogy. And Andrew Garfield... Was cut short. Was cut short and done dirty by the company. Yeah. 
only for them to like want to double back but i'm not going to get into that <sighs> we will have a, i can go on a have. whole tangent how me too honestly they've done him dirty but i think he is the best live action spider-man and especially that one scene that scarred me forever in the movie oh, theaters. God, no. no don't bring it up no when he was <laughs> saving gwen and i was like oh my god i remember i sat at the very last row i think my uncle took me and um i went with my brother and my uncle and Gwen was falling, and you know, you want that heroic save the same way Toby Spider Man saved Mary Jane, and then they had that mm-hmm. whole Spider Man, the infamous Spider Man kiss. I was like, oh my god. And then you hear the bones crack. Oh god. And that's such a core memory for me because I remember, like, I was open mouth shocked. I couldn't believe what I was watching. That was their villain origin story right there. Yeah, I was like, <gasps> and yeah, she died. Um, his face and his emotions, I will give it to you. He is also an amazing actor. He, just by the way he handled that scene. Um, oh. He's had, I think, more Oscar noms than Mr. Tom Holland. He's young. Tom, uh, Tom Holland's defense, he's like still is mid, what, mid-20s? But he got nominated for um, Hacksaw Ridge, mm-hmm. which came out when he was in his early 30s, late 20s. But yeah. Andrew Garfield is a solid actor, solid mm-hmm. person to play the live action Spider Man. Mm-hmm. And even in No Way Home, when in the in the oh, trailer yes. where we saw um what's it called? MJ Falling. Falling in the same way that I called it, didn't I? We all did. Yeah. I was like I got PTSD. I'm like, no, they're gonna kill her off. I was hundred percent convinced. Even people were saying like they saw the hand and they're like watch he's gonna move out of the way or something or that is just cgi fingers That's closure for him yes he got closure something that tom oh. holland spider-man i have a poster on my wall just of that scene and it of like um of andrew garfield holding um zendaya in his arms just that emotion MJ of and peter and with the... gwen stacy hugging him from behind it's oh, like a spirit and i'm like stop. it's one of my favorite things i've ever bought at a con and it just heals my heart <laughs> Literally, because that scene, um, I I remember that scene so well, the same way I remembered when Gwen died, because I was on the edge of my seat mm-hmm. when I was watching that. I'm like, oh my god, this is the part when she's going to fall. She's going to fall. Yeah. She's falling. He grabs her, and like I was like, oh my god. Like I let out a sigh of relief. <laughs> I started crying. He caught her, and like obviously, um, Michelle Jones doesn't know why yeah. he's crying, so she's like, you good? <laughs> um, but we as fans know that you know we all got closure at the end yeah we all got closure and it was a healing moment for everyone mm-hmm. so that is why andrew garfield is the best live action spider okay yeah are you agreeing no i'm not agreeing <laughs> um, but i i can somewhat agree okay. it's like we're that pedestal where you can't mm-hmm. really place someone at number one like last week when you mm-hmm. forced me to rank <laughs> all the top joker laughs that was against my will um but with this, I feel like Tom Holland is in just, like, right below it. It's, it's Andrew Garfield. Mm-hmm. Because I also hold a, a special place in my heart for him as well. And I, I watched the movie. I remember you watched the movies first. And then you're telling Andrew me Garfield, to... Andrew Garfield, yeah. Yeah, and then you're telling me to watch it. And I have a core memory, too, of watching that scene on my living room couch, on my phone. And I'm just like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And I think I called you afterwards or I... I talk to you at school after and i'm like oh. what kind of trauma did you intend to put upon me after that that was literally at the beginning of our friendship which is yeah. crazy oh my god stop see oh my god. marvel has started friendships. friendships it has 
Okay, next hot take. Um, we need to keep these short and quick. Yes. Okay, so it has been years since this last since this movie has came out, mm-hmm. Captain America: Civil War. I feel like the unofficial fifth Avengers movie. Mm-hmm. Um, given everything that's happened, and you know you've grown, we've all grown. Mm-hmm. Are you Team Cap or Team Iron Man? I. Or should we say it at the exact same time? Yes. One, One, two, two three, three, Cap. Iron Man. <gasps> now, okay, if you follow us on Instagram, you know I put down Team Cap for our Marvel questionnaire. Um, so, and since then, I am kind of still Team Cap, but from a logical and moral and lawful standpoint, I feel like Iron Man was in the right. Because I understand um, the whole government um, watching over you and how um, Cap wouldn't be keen to that. And it would be watching them, like, down their necks. They would mm-hmm. be um, they would be basically turned down to go on missions where that would, could potentially save lives. Yeah. But also, when you think about it, the I just think back to the the War of Avengers, the Age first of, one, oh. the first one, yeah, where the casualties were skyrocketed. You have movies like um, Spider Man, the first one, um, talking about the aftermath of it, and you also have um, Hawkeye brushing up on it too. All these damages and all these casualties that happened because of this, the Accords could have helped with that, I guess. Um, but then again, you also have the government also wanted to nuke New York. Let's not forget about that. Mm-hmm. That was an option, and Iron Man did save New York from being nuked. Um, but also, uh, if we're also going into like personal feelings of this, not just from a law standpoint, Tony was justified in his actions to be against Cap. Because a lot of people are saying, well, the only reason team cap formed was to protect bucky i mean yeah bucky's been through hell and back and i am the number one bucky supporter i am the number one person i can, in this I can confirm to that yes i have a little bucky plush with she me loves in my Sebastian hands. Stan. i love this man with my life but he did kill um tony stark's parents it, whether it was un- like unintentional or not this man he did have a right to a reaction so when he find out, found out that this um, man in front of him killed his parents, he had a natural reaction. And he was devastated that his best friend, who was Captain America, kept this from him. And so while I love, I love Captain America from that point, um, to, and Bucky, Cap, Iron Man did have, have reasons to do the things that he did. Okay, so I was taking notes Okay. for a rebuttal. Because I feel like we're in a law and debate thing where I'm like yeah. taking notes. And, um, um, okay, so you mentioned like law and order, which I think Iron Man is. You know, he, mm-hmm. as he describes himself, is a billionaire playboy philanthropist, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> is that how he says? In that exact order. Yes. Um, but he's very law and order, like you said. And finding out that your best friend kept the person... Or kept the identity of the person who killed your parents a secret from you. Um, and was once best friends with him. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, that it's a natural reaction. I get why, you know, the grudge. 
But, and I think we've talked about this, like, on our own separately. In terms of Team Cap forming to protect Bucky, Bucky, as was Wanda, or I don't know if you can say Wanda, but Cap, Team Cap was what? Bucky, Falcon? Bucky, Falcon, Wanda, Ant-Man? Yes, because he was yeah. super Team Cap. Hold on. Ant-Man, um, Hawkeye. Hawkeye and then Cap. Okay, so all those are, like, the underdogs of the MCU, mainly. Yeah. Because they're just, like, the newer characters, you know? Mm-hmm. Basically, all of Captain's old friends, you know? He went to Falcon for help when he needed to hide somewhere. Bucky was his friend that he, you know, reconnected with, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I don't know, something about Team Cap always grabs to me, because they are the anti-patriarchy if you will i don't want to say if it's patriarchy but very like you know the people versus the law yeah i guess whether are you acting towards your best interest or the people's best interest Mm -hmm. and i think team iron man was focusing more on their self-interest and what their image is and how to protect you know the name of the avengers how to keep everything especially after everything that happened in age of ultron Mm -hmm. um they wanted to keep the name safe Compared to Team Cap, he was always for the people. Mm-hmm. How do we protect the people? This is for the people. The Avengers are Earth's mightiest heroes. They are not to be bought out. They are not to be contracted. They're not contractors. So that's why I love Team Cap and I will forever be Team Cap. Yeah. And I think there is a tweet that I tweeted. You know what? Let me look at my Twitter right now. <laughs> let, let me get so, our receipts. <laughs> to get you the exact date that I was Team Cap. Okay, so back, let me see, May 2nd of 2016, when the movie was coming out, mm-hmm. the Captain America page tweeted whether you are Team Cap or Team Iron Man. And it's basically kind of like a promotion thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I tweeted back in the fifth, oh no, the 2nd of May 2016, at Captain America, I stand with Team Cap. And then I forgot, I just looked at my tweet right now, and the response to it was like an automatic response, mm-hmm. and it was Chadwick Boseman. The gasp we left out. I was like, (gasps) (gasps) (laughs) oh, here. Do you want me to play it so you guys can hear? Okay, it's an automatic thing. Okay. Oh wait, let me rewind it. Team Cat, you had two choices here, and you chose wrong. Oh, I forgot that happened. But yeah. Yeah. I, I think there's no convincing. But I yeah. think it's very interesting that now you were Team Cap at one point. Well, I'm still Team Cap. I'm basically kind of like in the middle, mm-hmm. but like understanding um, Iron Man's side. Mm-hmm. I think I'm still Team Cap, but um, I can see like the other side. I'm like slightly towards Team Cap, but like right down the middle. Okay. Know? Speaking about the Avengers and Team Cap and everything. Mm-hmm. Um. We're going on to our fourth hot take. Avengers Campus is overrated. This is more for our real life fan. (laughs) The real life. This is Uh, the real life. um, Going over to California Adventure. Um, We haven't really said anything about it, but we... Back in, what was it, July of 2021, when Avengers Campus first opened, me and Jasenia went to the opening day. And if you know... Meaning stood in line. Stood in line to get into the section of the park. Not even just the park. The section where Bugs Land used to be. 
of is now Avengers Campus. If you're familiar with um, California Adventure, we got in line where, like right at the entrance. Pretty much the entrance, right towards Hollywood. Yeah, and uh, then yeah. the line went all the way back towards the carousel, right, or the swings. No, so okay, we because I remember it. You went... enter the park, you turn left all the way to that Hollywood <clears throat> mm-hmm. um, sign where the theater is. Yeah, you uh, circle back. You go all the way past Avengers Campus, past Cars Land, all the way down Ariel's Grotto, or not Ariel's Grotto, Ariel's Adventure. Yeah. Then you go all the way to the Jumping Jellyfish. You circle back. You do a bunch of zigzags in between that area where you're seeing World of Color. Through the lines, too. Yep, So the, the swings lines. were closed, and you, we had to go through the, like, the queue, you know, mm-hmm. where you usually go. Yeah. And then, yeah, through World of Color, just going back and forth, back and forth for, what, five hours? Hour? Five hours we waited in line. This is a commitment we do for Marvel. So, because they advertised it as, yes. you know, Avengers Campus, and we're like, oh my God, we're big Avengers fans. Exactly. Let's go. I knew exactly before they delayed the opening because of COVID, I knew I was going to go to the, like, the first day. Yeah. But I think it's the first day, like, rose tinted glasses that really. Uh, when you go in, you're blasted with the Avengers theme music, which you gets you so hyped yes. up because. We stood in line for so long. In the hot July summer heat, by the yes. way. I was burnt to a crisp. Yes. My, oh, my God. My white-ass yes. skin was burnt to a crisp. <laughs> um, but literally, as you get... Literally, we were, what, the next group to go into mm-hmm. the Avengers campus, and you hear the Avengers theme. And we're like, oh, my God, we're here. We're right over here. And then we walked in, and we're like, oh, okay. Nice. <laughs> we yeah. took a picture of Spider-Man. Yeah. It was pretty good. Um, we walked... And we're like, okay, gift shop, yeah. web slingers. We couldn't get we into couldn't that one. Web slingers, because that's back then when they still had the queue for it, the mobile queue. Yeah. And we didn't get it, but oh my god, the in the morning for the seven a.m. one, um, we were. I was in line with my siblings, and you just hear three. Like as soon as it hits twelve, one, two, three, and then everyone's cheering or everyone's like. Oh dang it! Like growing yeah. in frustration at the fact that they didn't get a cue for the spot, and then I was—I think it was early in the morning where um, you also had to reserve um, food for t- Pim's Test Kitchen. That was our fault because there was reservations. There was people were asking like, "Do you have reservations? You can get in early." That was before because we're like, "Should we order our food now?" Yeah, and there were so many reservations for food, but our mistake was like. What if we're not in on time and we can't get the food? Yeah. And then later on, they're like, does anyone have food reservations? Oh. And there was like a couple of girls who said yes and they got in. And I was like, oh I was my God. so mad at myself for not doing that. Because I recommended, I'm like, why don't we just go eat there when we... But it's really just like a strip. Yeah. Like, it starts with Spider-Man. It ends with Guardians. And then you're like at the other side. Yeah. Plus there, used, there was going to be a third ride there. Not just Guardians and Spider-Man. Um, about, I think, like, riding the Quinjet through Wakanda. And that's where the big um, the big building was for. But, when, but they scrapped that idea. And you, it's just being vacant, empty, with um, just the Avengers, like, lining up top. Do you think that's because everything got backtracked? Probably. So they're like... But you, that would make more room for time for them to take care of it, right? Exactly. So... First of all, everything got bad because of COVID. Mm-hmm. And then, especially with Black Panther, you know, people deciding not to get vaccinated. Um, yeah. That set the movie back a little bit. And then the whole Chadwick thing set the movie back. So, 
I mean, in my opinion, I get why there's nothing there. Because they would wait until after the movie, like, gets out. Mm-hmm. And then announce that there's going to be a ride. You know? Probably. If anything, they would probably announce it, you know, like you said, um, after the movie comes out. Or, um, what, D23? Mm-hmm. D23. Wait. Ooh, that could that could be a possibility of them. Hopefully, because they still have a lot of reno- renovations under. <sighs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm, I thought it was gonna be bigger. Yeah, because that's... Cars Land is huge. Yeah, and you would assume that Avengers Campus would be. Well, I kind of suspected big. it would be small because you think Bugs Land and you think of the square foot, but then again, it was all the like giant plants and the grass mm-hmm. that really gave to the illusion that it was bigger than it was. Yeah. So, when you see all of that taken down, you're just like, oh, I see the end. Oh, this is it. I mean, there was a point where we just, like, literally sat down. Because the opening day, once you got in, and if you wanted to get out, you couldn't get back in again. You would have yeah, to get in line again. Yeah, you in line. And we're just like, oh, And gosh. we're like, shit, so we just have to stay here. Mm-hmm. And there was a point where me and Carissa eventually, like, split up. Because yeah. I came with my brother. She came with her siblings. And my siblings wanted to go to Disneyland because we had park hopper. And I did not expect it to be this crowded. <laughs> that was on me. Um, But, yeah. And me and my brother just had for California Adventure. So, we just stayed in the park. We found, um, by the Sanctum, there was, like, this, like, people waiting in line for something and we're like what are you guys waiting in line for and the cast member told us like hey there's gonna be a doctor strange show we don't know when it's gonna be or if it's gonna happen today because mm-hmm. you know there's always a possibility that's not gonna happen but you can just wait in line and you know what we saw benches and my brother's like okay let's just wait in line mm-hmm. we're sitting down in the shade which is rare at disney oh, and yeah. at Adventure. so we're just sitting we saw the show a couple times you know when um natasha was fighting taskmaster um you know, all the characters came out. The stunt shows. Yeah. Everything's at a distance because it was mm-hmm. still during COVID quarantine. I will that. say, the stunt shows were amazing. They were. Because Black Panda came out and scaled oh, the building. Oh my gosh. I remember that. I, we, like, Whoa. I think we were there in the same time yeah. when it first came out. Mm-hmm. And oh my god, everyone was cheering for Black Panther. Oh, my heart. I remember. I still have the video and it's just amazing. It's so interactive because you know how they fight on that, like top level yeah not all the way at the top of the second yeah you know the one with the railing they were fighting there natasha came down from the roof and like Mm -hmm. like propelled herself down which is crazy because like i'm like oh my god this is real like they're actually doing stunts which is crazy because they never do that and then all of a sudden black panther comes out from the bottom where we're at Mm -hmm. and everyone's like whoa oh my god and then he sees us like natasha needs help so he Mm -hmm. scales the building obviously he like hooked up to something yeah but like from afar he scales the building and it's like Wow. It's immersive. One thing I will, I will give, give them kudos for that. I will give Avengers Campus kudos for is the fact that they're constantly updated with new characters and with every Disney Plus show, every movie. I love that about that because for the longest time, all the characters you saw at Disneyland and California Adventure were, have been there for years. With the same one. You see Black Widow, Captain America, main, barely any Iron Man back when it was back at California or Disneyland Mm -hmm. so for this constant new update of seeing oh my gosh they're gonna bring the character to life again it's I love that about it I love seeing it online my biggest regret is not seeing Moon Moon Knight dude Moon Knight during the lunar eclipse are you kidding I I would give a kidney to just go and see him and he wasn't on the like the side with the railing he was all the way on the roof Mm -hmm. so there's no lighting up there you know Mm -hmm. there's barely any lighting so he's dark and you just see his shadow against the full moon like 
kudos to Disney because that's such, especially after yes. the success of Moon Knight, it's so amazing. Yes. Um, but other than that, I mean. Yeah. I tried the food. The food is pretty decent. It's pretty good. It's nothing to like, I don't know. It's just the theming of it, you know, like big pretzels and tiny little. I feel like obviously they're not done yeah. yet with Avengers Campus. Yeah. There's definitely more to add to it. Um. I don't know if they were losing revenue or if they just wanted to get cash. So that's why they opened it with what they had. But it's... It, looking back at it now, it's overrated because it's not worth a five-hour wait. Oh, yeah. Um, Going now, I think it's it's a nice little stop. If, if you walk through, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Speaking of overrated, you want to know what else is overrated? I think we're thinking the same thing. Endgame. 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 Endgame is overrated. Yeah, so... I mean, I think we both agree that Endgame is overrated. And I'm not saying that Endgame is a bad movie overall. Yeah, definitely. It's just, with Infinity War and Endgame, Infinity War is the overall better movie. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. Um, Endgame, I don't remember most of what happened. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> um, I just remember big like, key points like Hulk not being able to turn into the Hulk. Um, was that an Endgame? No. Yes, no. That was No, he was no. Smart Hulk by then. Yes. That was Infinity War. Yeah, Infinity War and then Endgame, he was a Hulk um Professor Hulk yeah. as you will mm-hmm. in all of Endgame pretty much. And I think what what Endgame's problems mainly are is that people tend to base their opinions solely on the last hour of the movie, which is arguably the best hour of the movie mm-hmm. because that's when you get all of your heroes together that come for cum- one last time culminated literally. from of all the movies of the last 10 years in one shot it's one of the biggest cinematic sh- cinematic moments, moments yeah. in history this one will go down in history but i think that's what everyone's basing their opinion on rather than the other two hours of the movie mm-hmm. which was basically just build up to that point which mm-hmm. i get we like build up but I don't know if the time heist was really... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about that time heist. I I mean, I guess they had to, like, set up a lot of things for the future, you know, mm-hmm. phases and the future projects that they had going on. So that's why they had a lot going on yeah. in Endgame. Um, but like you said, I agree that the only really important part or the part that everyone remembers is the last, like, hour, hour and a half. Yeah. Because that's when... We get Captain America saying Avengers Assemble for the last time. Yeah, you get we him get, wielding Mjolnir. He's been worthy this whole time from yeah. that like one little small clip where he moved it. Mm-hmm. I forgot in what movie it was. Age of Ultron. Age of Ultron. Um, we get, what else? We get like all the female superheroines like coming down and like assembling. And you have yeah. like this moment of power um, when they try to help Peter. Um, you get the Golden Three, which is... Um, Thor, Iron Man, and Captain America going towards yeah. the last battle. And it's just... It's amazing. It's a memorable moment for everyone who's stuck with the MCU. Mm-hmm. Whether they just um, they just got into it for this movie or yeah. they've been around since the beginning. Um, and like we said, like no means is this a bad movie. It's just... I honestly remember a lot more moments in, in Infinity War than in Endgame because mm-hmm. I barely remember them trying to actually build 
the time machine and everything. Was it a time? Yeah, it was a time machine, right? It was with the PIM particles, right? Yeah. And then they just did the thing where they all like assembled with their fists. And yeah, that was in the trailer suit. so many times. That's the only reason why I remember it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the only reason why I remember it is because that's where we last saw Natasha, you know? Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, that's where everyone kind of like went into their own battles. Um, but yeah, Endgame pretty overrated it's not the best movie of all time yeah um but it's also not the worst yeah so it's a very middle ground very mm-hmm. i say like above middle you know yeah i think it's important because that's like i said the last time we ever see the avengers together yeah it's also a traumatic movie for me so i have not watched <laughs> it since theaters just because like i don't know like seeing tony just I watch it every once in a while. <laughs> nah. That's me with Infinity War. I will watch it. I will see them get dusted as many times as see, I want. And I can't watch Infinity War. Really? Yeah. I, I get sad. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember that feeling in the theater like, holy cow, I was feeling these emotions with these people. Mm-hmm. And like, not to say I didn't feel that with Endgame because Jesus, that was a big celebration. Everyone's standing up, clapping, and giving a standing ovation after. But... See, something about not being able to see these characters anymore really hit me. Mm. And it stuck with me. Like, with Infinity War, I'm like, oh, we still have Endgame. I know they're still alive. Whereas Endgame, it's just like, Tony's gone, Cap's gone, Nat's gone. Oh, it hit me. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, in terms of, like, reactions after seeing the movie, Endgame has to be one of the most emotional, like, reactions i've seen Mm -hmm. and i haven't felt that since we saw no way home yeah no way home is the other one where everyone's just like in total shock what happens because there was i don't know about you but for me i'm like obviously toby and andrew are going to be in the movie it's obvious just keeping a secret and then as we got closer i'm like wait a minute i don't think it's gonna happen (laughs) and then you're like it might it might not it might it might not and then throughout the whole movie like they weren't insinuating it mm-hmm. until it actually happened yeah and it was just a moment of confusion and he opened the portal and he's like show me peter parker and then a eruption of cheers and clapping i remember for, like, telling Carissa, i'm like minute. he's taller he's, he's taller. taller yes i remember that i remember looking at you i'm like oh my he's god tall. it's him um but it's i was see, genuinely crying tears of joy during that movie because i was too. just like i i was there with their movies <laughs> same here oh my god i love it so much yeah um but going off of the avengers i saw this tweet by the user pietro's blanket (laughs) on twitter and i think what they said is valid so they said x-men were more of a family unit than the avengers were i agree i think um well i grew up with uh some of the x-men cartoons and then most of us grew up with the x-men movies Mm -hmm. you see them all under one roof all with different powers um they're all different in their own unique way and i think that's what really had them leaning on on each other for support now for the avengers they're um we've seen more of well i don't say more um we've seen their movies more recently so it's more fresh in our minds Mm -hmm. But I think the only reason why people think that the Avengers is such a family unit unit is because of movies like Age of Ultron where we're seeing them hang out for the first time. Because like, that's the only time I see them in like a relaxed, natural setting. Mm-hmm. You know? Just hanging out. Just hanging out. Mm-hmm. And I, they're more friends than... They, well, yeah, of course they're friends. But like, they're more friends than a family, I get. 
I, I guess. guess they're just like really they're just like colleagues yeah you know because... it's kind of like you know how you have work friends and you like hang out after work sometimes yeah usually you just do what you got to do chit chat like while you're working and then mm-hmm. that's it I feel like that's what they were. Exactly. And I feel like um, the only time that we ever really see them all together hanging out or just together in general is during the Avengers movies. Just the main True. Avengers movies. Because True. other than that, just like you said in um, in Endgame, Natasha was basically trying to reach out to everyone. And then after the blip, no one was really together mm-hmm. in the time of desperate need all of them were alive after the blip they were the ones that survived the blip and yet none of them decided to lean on each other for support and especially after such a traumatic event like half the world disappearing exactly um yeah i just think overall and x-men have more movies <laughs> yeah it, it really delves more into that family aspect with the, the fact that they're they have more movies they're all mutants and i hope they keep that same family mutant you know trait you know the fact that they all can't bond over the fact that they're different from everyone else i hope that they pass it on to this new generation of x-men whoever it might be yeah because we are getting we are getting x-men soon we are getting john krasinski (laughs) whether marvel wants it or not (laughs) (laughs) i will get john krasinski again (laughs) and then what is it um spoilers for she hulk we see in the article where she's looking for jobs in episode two, mm-hmm. um, a mysterious figure, a mysterious man with iron claws is uh, running rampage. Not rampage, just running on the loose. Now, is it going to be Mr. Music Man? Is it going to be the greatest showman? Who knows? I don't think it's going to be Hugh Jackman, though. I don't think so, either. He's, what, in his early... Well, late 50s, early 60s? Well, well, this man can never be too old to play this man, to play Wolverine, because... He's dedicated his life for it. I still kind of strongly believe it, but this is all up to him. This is all up to his decisions on whether or not he wants to continue the role. But I'm fine if he retires from it because he did a great job in the last, on all the X Men movies he was in. <laughs> the last one was Logan, right? Where yeah. it was like the send off. See, and I think like trilogies, like or it's not a trilogy, but like story arcs, character arcs like that. If it mm-hmm. ends, it ends. You know? Yeah, I like it there. And it plays more into the family aspect, the fact that Logan actually, like, was trying to help mm-hmm. um, Professor X. Yeah. And just, even in his time of need, he was still there for him mm-hmm. and everything. No matter how much of a lone wolf he was, he was still there for the man who um, gave so much of himself to these his students. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, and... No, it might be Taryn Edgerton, like I think we said in the past. Dream fan cast. That's also another hope. Who knows? Yep. Um, So, switching over from Avengers to the MCU series, one of our other hot takes that me and Agrissa both agree on is that Moon Knight is the best MCU series of Phase 4. No questions about it. Yep. I firmly believe that Moon Knight has to be one of the best MCU... um, shows on disney plus just is the best it is exactly yeah and it's not as as a woman who (laughs) loves men i'm not saying it it's just because of oscar isaac now his acting is amazing because carissa does love oscar Isaac. listen he is my weakness but i strongly believe that this has to be one of his best works and i've seen some of his other movies and like this 
this whole series, he's been giving it 110% for every episode. I haven't seen any of these. First of all, I'm not a big Star Wars fan, so I haven't seen any of his I Star Wars. I did watch those movies, so, so like, they were really good. And I think he was in Notes from A Marriage Story. Is that what it's called? Yes. With Jessica Chastain? Yeah. I've only seen clips of it. I haven't seen the full movie, but if his acting is anything like the way he acted in um, Moon Knight, then I feel like it's amazing. Yeah. Um, did he get nominated for an Emmy? He did. Oh, there he you go. did get nominated for for an Emmy That's... for both Notes from A Marriage Story and also I believe for Moon Knight too. Literally, and that goes to show like how good this show is because you're getting people from Marvel who are getting nominated for Disney Plus shows, which is known that Marvel doesn't really get nominated for anything. Exactly. Like I think back awards, back when Black like, Panther was the first one to actually get nominated. And did it win? Did it, it won? No. did win, I think. I think it was for Best Score or something like that. Oh my god, yes. 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 Um, but, yeah, Moon Knight just... Over- the fact that Oscar Isaac played Jake... Like, he's one actor playing two different people, but it's the same person, you know? Technically three. Oh, three at the end. Three you know, Jake Lockley. Yeah. Um, but the fact that even when they were fighting or just speaking, you can tell who's Jake. You mm-hmm. can tell who's um, Mark. You can tell who's Steven. And the way he was able to switch on command. Yeah. Um, like that one scene after his mom's funeral where oh, he like God. fell to the ground. I broke down after and he that. he switched. I was like, oh my God. Like, it, like everything in the series started clicking together. Yes. And it was just a combination of a great director mm-hmm. and a great actor. It was a WandaVision episode 8. I was hysterically... Dare I say better than I would say eight. better because yeah. this man, if you watch like the um, the behind the scenes clips, he tells you how much he, um, he was putting research into DID so that he could play this character respectfully mm-hmm. because when hearing upon like the pitch for this movie, I had heard of DID before. I've... Um, I've done some research on it so that I would be able to, you know, use the proper language and everything. Yeah. And seeing the movies that are representing this community is not the best. You have Split, which isn't, is portraying... It's like a thriller, horror. Yeah, it's portraying these people with mental illness with, like, as if they're monsters. And Moon Knight doesn't do this. Well, no, he doesn't, it doesn't do this because... Yes, it explains m- why he exactly, got to that point. Yeah. Like the fact that he was abused by him, he was blamed for his brother's death. Mm-hmm. He was emotionally abused by his mother, mm-hmm. um, and physically, abused. emotionally and physically abused, um, and mentally. If you want to, I think so yeah, too. Because it's just psychological, just yeah, all around. Abuse just overall, by his he mother. didn't have a good childhood, and the fact that when Mark and Stephen split. The fact that Mark is like, I was trying to protect you, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, it's just, I don't know. It's yeah, like you can deep dive into this MCU, you know, mm-hmm. series Moon Knight and it just, you just keep uncovering more. Yeah. And I think it's just amazing. And costume design. Oh, costume um, design. Cinematography. Cinema- I, I was telling Jasenia every single week in the chat, like, can we say cinematography for every single episode? I feel like oh my nothing God. would beat the shot when Amit and Kanshi were fighting. In the background and the camera tilts to where you see... Um, so they're fighting Ethan and Hawk. then as Kanshu comes down, the camera tilts the way Kanshu comes down. Yes. And then Ethan Hawke's oh. character comes up out of nowhere because he gets revealed as the camera tilts. Mm-hmm. And then 
you know, who was it? Mark fighting at the time, right? It was Mark. And so then, he blacks out, and then, you know. Because after episode four, five, we thought, like, oh, shoot, is just is Jake not going to be revealed again after um, episode two when mm-hmm. they first black out? And then it does it again. And it's the mystery behind, like, oh, shoot, there's a third altar that's... Um, that's protecting them from being killed potentially mm-hmm. yeah because all of these were life threatening um like action sequences yeah that potentially could have killed mark or steven and um and i kind i really like how they ended it off with like that cliffhanger mm-hmm. obviously we all thought it was going to be a limited series but at this point we're just like mm, no and then season two exactly and then oscar isaac and god what's the director's name the director muhammad diab yeah, because that was one of my main concerns. Like, if they did a season two or if they end up introducing him into a bigger movie or something like that, mm-hmm. I was so afraid that his char- that Moon Knight's characterization, Mark, Steven, and Jake's characters, would be completely changed by another director. Because we've seen that before where, um, where MCU characters basically flip their entire agenda because of another yeah. director. Um, for better or worse. Mm-hmm. And I was so sad because, like, this man, this is a very delicate um, subject to touch on. and Mental. Mental health-wise. Health and yeah. if someone did this movie not to the justice that the show did, um, that the director did, I guess, then it would have been, like, a slap in the face, I guess. I feel like... Marvel has been finding well, it's a hit and miss with directors. Yeah, but I feel like their golden directors right now are Muhammad mm-hmm. and Taika. Oh yeah, those like they brought so much, and even though it's just Muhammad's first project in the MC, like mm-hmm. the first, the first one he led, um, directorially wise. Um, I just can't wait to see what he does with Moon Knight in the future. I hope he stays in the MCU. I hope he keeps working with Marvel. Because especially him being born in Egypt. Exactly. That's what I'm loving about these new directors now is that they're actually getting... um, Marvel is looking for people who can have the same... like background and the same experiences as these characters. Who can connect. Who can connect with these characters so they have more of a a feeling to do them justice. Authenticity? Yes. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, Um, I also think like the director of Black Panther... Is also yeah. one of the top ones because, like, come on, he is now d- the director of Black Panther two, which, as as like, very. In- we're not gonna talk about that because we're gonna get emotional. Oh, we're gonna get emotional. Yesterday was the anniversary, his second year anniversary, Black know, Chadwick's of his second death. anniversary, and we're still still sore, still, still sore. sore. But this man knows how to shoot a movie, and that's why it won awards. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I mean, so flipping over, I guess once more because we can keep talking about Moon Knight forever, oh, forever and ever and ever because yeah. we haven't even touched on Layla. Oh, we haven't even we touched touch on, on Ethan Hawke. What's the name? Um, the hippo god, whatever her name hippo is. Hippo god is um, Tarawet. 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 There you Tarawet. go. Never even touched on her yet. Um, but we can talk about that another time. Yes. Let's switch over to the DC EU. Mm-hmm. So my hot take because I'm more of a DCEU fan, is that Zack Snyder should be in charge of the DCEU. As we know, the Snyder Cut. I feel oh, like it's, yeah. it's become kind of like a meme, because yeah. I don't know if you've seen The Bear, 
but in the bear they made fun uh. of like the type of people who would watch the Snyder Cut. <laughs> um, it's only for like a few seconds. But you did tell me about that scene though. Yeah, there's like all oh, you Snyder Cut loving, you know, a bad word in here, but and it's just like comic book nerds and like video game nerds. But yeah. Like, okay, so now the Snyder Cut has become a meme, but I feel like if Warner Brothers did anything right in their whole like mm-hmm. you know movie franchise or movie cinematic universe that they're trying to do with DC is release the Snyder Cut yeah definitely that was their biggest um their biggest achievement I think mm-hmm. because I could not stop seeing tweets and posts about how um release the Snyder Cut it was literally well it was a movement basically apparently there was rumors on I don't know if it's true but there was rumors online that the Snyder Cut, like the hashtag release Snyder Cut, whatever, was actually bots that started the whole like retweeting. Really? But then it got like went and cut on. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that's true, but either way, we have the Snyder Cut now. Yes. And the way the Snyder Cut ended, it leaded like you got so ex- when you finished seeing the Snyder Cut, you got so excited, but you're like, wait a minute, they're not gonna do this because they just released this for the fans. Yeah. Because they set up so much. And if you would just let this man take over the DCEU movies, have one consistent director. Because I feel like that's what the DCEU needs. Needs just one consistent director. For all the movies? I feel like. Oh, who's willing okay. to direct all the movies. Or so who's the director for all the Dark Knight movies? Because those were It's not amazing. Christopher Nolan, right? Wait, yeah, it was Christopher Nolan, right? Yeah. Who directed it? Um but see, like, Christopher Nolan is so, and Dark Knight movies are so good. Mm-hmm. They're quoted as, like, some of the best DCEU movies. Exactly, yeah. And only recently it's been revealed that, like, you know how people, or they've been test watching? Is that what you call it? Test watchers, I think. Test yeah. watchers? The Flash, and apparently The Flash lives up to The Dark Knight. Yeah, I'm, I'm not scared of that, but the fact that people are having such great reviews of this movie, and we're no that they're most likely not bringing this man back as remote or this person back sorry uh, as Miller. but that's not our fault though it is not our but, fault but like oh my god she sent me a post saying that ezra miller said somewhere that he's been going through like a major mental health crisis and i'm like oh no kidding yeah <laughs> no kidding like you need help um, yeah but yeah his work um zack snyder's work in the justice league in man of steel superman versus batman i remember seeing that in theaters i loved it um I remember when Wonder Woman came out, I was the only one in the theater who screamed. <laughs> that was both I remember you telling me this. Both the most embarrassing moment in my life and the most empowering. Exactly. Because I'm you like, know. you guys aren't gonna cheer for Wonder Woman? Exactly. Like, damn, I'm I see where your priorities lay. <laughs> oh yeah. I was like, okay, I see how it is. Um But yeah, and then also his Dawn of the Dead, Army of the Dead, such good movies too. Mm-hmm. He has a like a particular shtick when it comes to his films Mm -hmm. and i just think if he would have more creative freedom if warner brothers would let him have more creative freedom yeah then the dceu would have been something completely different than what it is today yeah but yeah i can talk forever and ever about this the same way i can talk about moon Knight. (laughs) um but going back to moon Knight and just disney plus shows in general carissa what are your thoughts on disney plus shows i honestly think there are more important to phase four and the movies than the movies actually to the plot line of phase four than the movies are i completely agree i think that this is the reasoning because when it comes to tv shows of um phases one to three they don't really connect to the movies in a pivotal way the way that 
the Disney Plus shows are directly influencing the movies of Phase 4. With When it comes to Phase 1, the standout movies and shows that I'm seeing are Agent Carter and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Mainly because it sets up the um, S.H.I.E.L.D. as an organization. Mm-hmm. And then Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. had actually, some, um, like in some instances, directly coordinated with the movies. Because I believe it was, I forgot which season it was, but they ended up acquiring the Tesseract mm-hmm. and so, uh, so mm-hmm. and Loki's um, scepter. And that's what ended up starting Avengers Age of Ultron. That's yeah. why it was at the Hydra base mm-hmm. because of directly Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm-hmm. And then cleanup crew and research response teams of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was after Thor The Dark World. Yeah. So they were in... Like, it was the movies, and then it would lead into the TV shows. Mm-hmm. Um, and then with Agent Carter, it was, like, the build-up, the, the start of S.H.I.E.L.D. as an organization, and the development of Peggy Carter's character that Endgame completely destroyed and pretend yes, that was never Yes, we will talk about later. And that will be my villain origin story that I will talk about in a second. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but with the Disney Plus shows of Phase 4... You have WandaVision that directly leads into um, WandaVision mul- Multiverse of Madness. Did, yeah, did so much. If you didn't watch WandaVision, you can't watch Multiverse of Madness without feeling a little confused. Or um, Coven of Chaos. Oh, yeah, or Coven of Chaos. Because how are you going to know who's Agatha if um, if you haven't watched WandaVision? And literally, it was Jimmy Woo, Photon, too. Exactly. It's going to connect. It did so yeah. much. WandaVision was ahead of its time. It was. It was not only just because it's like Marvel and like everything Marvel. It was such a different concept than we've ever seen. Than like a regular TV show on regular like cable, a limited series on like Netflix or Hulu. This was the series that had non-Marvel fans want to join the Marvel Universe. Literally, if, because that was the first Disney Plus, right, exclusive. They started off strong. They did. They did start off strong. And I, like you said everything the new ones the new what is it wandavision falcon and Winter soldier loki loki what if what if hawkeye i want to say moon knight after that miss marvel and she hulk and then she hulk they're all like even after what if because the episode what if came before no way home right Yes. Because yes, in the No did. Way Home end credits, end credits scene, everyone was like, oh my god, it's... um." There was people who were confused because they yeah. haven't seen it. And then people who have seen What If, like us, were just like, oh my god, it's true. Like, it's canon, you yeah. know? Like, these people, like, evil talking strange just come to life. Honestly, I thought it was... Um, it was not Defender Strange. It was, what was his name? The Dark Sinister? Dark. Sinister Strange. Is it Sinister? No, it was like... Um, Sorcerer Supreme. Oh. That's what I remember someone like yelling out, Sorcerer Supreme! And I, oh, I, I thought was it was going to be. I was like, <gasps> I thought it was a direct correlation too. Um, but well, it was kind of. But see, yeah. you needed to see what if. Exactly. To in really order to understand, understand the Illuminati and who was a part of the Illuminati. Yeah. Well, the Illuminati wasn't in what if. No, but, but like, you know, Captain Carter. Yeah. And, oh, yeah, yeah definitely. Uh-huh. Um, even Kevin Feige was showing episode four of what if, the Doctor Strange episode to the cast and the production crew of uh, Multiverse of Madness so they get the feel of what this movie wants to be about. Yeah. So it directly influences the movies and then, um, with, like like you said, with WandaVision, with Monica Rambeau and the end credit scene, you go to um, 
the Marvels. Oh my God, Nick Fury and the Scrolls were in there too. I forgot about that. That's right. Yeah. See, there's so, and you See, know that's yeah. gonna connect with the Marvels, and and, then, and now with Loki, Loki season two coming out, that's gonna introduce. We already have an introduction to the big bad of the MCU, which originally was at the end credit scene of the movies. Now we're getting the big bad. At the end credit scene, or not the end credit, but oh, the, the last TV show. of the TV show. So and you don't see that. So I feel like these are it's that it, it's both at a disadvantage and an advantage for some people. Those who cannot afford Disney Plus or aren't able to access Disney Plus, yeah, have no way of really like connecting to these shows that are directly going to influence the mm-hmm. movies that we all know and love for the last ten years. Yeah. And for those who are at an advantage to have the show at their fing- the shows at their fingertips with um, Disney Plus, they're able to follow along. So it's kind of a double edged sword. I think it's more at a disadvantage because now you're limiting a bunch of information from a bunch from from people who just can't afford the mm-hmm. who can't rent out these movies who can't um, spend like ten dollars once and go see it in theaters. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I get you. Um, and especially like not only MCU Disney Plus exclusive series, mm-hmm. but also series like Daredevil and Punisher. Oh, who, yeah. Because now we got like confirmation that Punisher is coming back with the new revival of Daredevil. <laughs> yes, because yes. we love Punisher. Um, but now, pe- like those are important now mm-hmm. because especially No Way Home, when, you know, he pops up, we're like, is that Daredevil? What the? You know? Yeah. Because the photos got leaked that he was at the table, and I didn't believe it. Because I'm like, Wait, what? Wait, was at the table? Um, remember, it was Happy at May. Um, oh. Yeah. We're talking about No Way Home. Yeah, yeah. No Way Home. And yeah. he just appears out of there, and he's like, I'm just a really good lawyer. And we're like, yep. what are you doing here? Mm-hmm. What are you doing here? And I felt so bad. Okay, so you heard when uh, Charlie Cox went to go see No Way Home. Yeah, that theaters, his reaction was that yeah. nobody knew who he was, and that there was no one in the audience like with the reaction. Our theater I'm was like, like <gasps> I'm like Charlie Cox. You should have been at our theater. We want to give you so much love and support. Our this man deserved love, everything, yeah. and he just went to what he went to the rare theater that nobody knew who he was. That was it. I'm I like I'm if this ever goes out to Charlie Cox, like. We love, we love, we you. love your daredevil. We love, love you. you. We love you. You deserved better than the theater that you went to. So see, but those like not only MCU, you know, Disney exclusive series, like I said, but also ones like back then, because now we have to watch. Well, I have to watch it because it's been a while. Mm-hmm. I have to rewatch Daredevil. I have to rewatch oh, Punisher yeah. just to get up to know because it's going to be eight. What eighteen episodes long? Oh God, yeah, eighteen weeks. Whew. And then, or probably two episodes a week, I think. Hopefully. Please, yeah, please. please. Um, but also, he's going to be in She-Hulk, so that's going to add more to his character. Yeah. And it's just kind of like, what are you doing here, you know? Um, but yeah. But going off of the MCU, because I feel like we've been talking a lot about the MCU. Yeah. Um, we've talked about actors like Oscar Isaac, Ethan Hawke. Um, you know, we've talked about Iron Man, Captain America, which are all like Robert Downey Jr., Chris mm-hmm. Evans. These are all pretty big now A-list actors. Mm-hmm. Um, but with recent projects like, you know, Jake Gyllenhaal being involved with Spider-Man, um, Dakota Johnson, Cindy Sweeney, mm-hmm. Florence Pugh, um, you know, just more big name actors. 
I feel like me and Carissa, we both agree on this, but the MCU has become like a celebrity cash grab at this point. Basically, it's like, it's rumor after rumor of who is the next celebrity who's going to be casted in the MCU project. Because I feel like back in the day when they first started coming out with the, um, with the original Avengers, they casted um chris hemsworth and um tom hiddleston they were basically not they had no credits as many credits behind them as the other actors did robert danny jr he um, did have some credits but like this was a big risk for marvel to cast um robert danny jr just because of his history and um they and who is it oh god who plays happy what was his name? John Favreau. John Favreau took a big risk. He kept promoting, um, he kept advocating for on behalf of Robert Downey Jr. He and, saw and, something that no one else saw exactly. and look at what that. And look at what that happened. And we don't get that anymore because I think the shock factor of seeing a celebrity isn't as big as seeing a non-known or an underdog, basically, step up into the mantle of a of a superhero that we all know could portray it perfectly. I mean, look at, um, look at Iman Balani and mm-hmm. how she, yeah. her first role is Marvel. This is her first acting debut basically. And she killed it as Miss Marvel because amazing. this is made for her. And, um, Just, and I feel like yeah. Marvel isn't taking those chances anymore. What's her, what's her name? Sochil Gomez too. Yes. I, it's just small actors like that, but I feel like they're doing that for, like, the young Avengers, so, you mm-hmm. know, younger people. But I don't know. I think Timothy Chalamet was the one that's, like, I don't know if it was DC or Marvel that offered him a superhero role. Mm-hmm. But he said, I think it was in an interview, that uh, someone who he admires, like, one of his, like, mentors, said to do two things in his acting career. One, always listen to the director. And two, never do superhero movies. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if there's some, like, you know, cheesemas going around Ooh, within like the yeah. celebrity like thing, um, because I feel like at this point, if you are in an MCU movie, you're like made it, you yeah. Know? Um, which is like okay, like for example, Jake Gyllenhaal as Mysterio. When I was watching the movie, I didn't see Mysterio. I saw Jake yeah. Gyllenhaal. You know, it's kind of like Tom Holland is the big name mm-hmm. in that movie. And then you have Mysterio. Um, you have Mysterio. You have Jake Gyllenhaal, who's movie-wise has way more like credits to him. Credits to him. Way more better movies. Mm-hmm. So, it he just kind of like sticks out in the movie. Yeah, that's what that's the best way to describe it. They kind of stick out mm-hmm. because Tom Holland, when he was first casted as Peter Parker in uh, Avengers um, Civil or no Captain America Civil War, mm-hmm. he didn't have that many credits behind him. I mean, he did some musical, um, he did Broadway theater and a couple of stuff here and there, but that's about it. So that's, I mean, impossible was a great movie though. Oh no. Yeah. Yeah. That was really good. But this is a child. This is a kid who did like one couple couple movies movies in his childhood. And then he does this big, um, big front running role Mm -hmm. as Spider-Man. And it kind of goes the same with like, you know, um, almost like picking someone who has barely any credits behind them just so that they can build up to that i guess look at the actors capabilities and what they can bring into the mcu Mm -hmm. and don't look at their name yeah because i think i've said this over and over again marvel movies dc movies are gonna sell no matter what Mm -hmm. no matter what it is if it's a superhero movie if it says marvel studios it's gonna sell you're gonna do good money on it it doesn't matter who's in it 
mm-hmm. you know as and long I, as it's not like you know bad people you know yeah but if you want to bring in new actors bring in new actors give them the chance to yeah. build their portfolio i know? also sympathize with the actors that don't want to do um mcu mcu movies because look at um chris evans and that robert downey jr has to convince him to be captain america because back in the day you didn't know if Mar- a Marvel movie is going to be suspect. Very suspectful. risky, yeah. Successful. <laughs> I don't know how to language. <laughs> um, but nowadays, you know that these movies are going to be successful, like you said. And um, there's no risk, I guess. They have nothing to worry about. But All I the- guess, yeah, like, the fear of it being the first Marvel movie to flop, like, it's going off of, like... Um, Elizabeth Olsen's interview, like, she can't go see a Marvel movie premiere anymore because she's like, oh, gosh, this is going to be our first flop. And, like, no, this is... It's going to sell no matter what. It's going to be a great movie. And she was the best part of Multiverse of Madness, let's yeah. be honest. Um, but it's, it's that fear it's, that yeah. I I understand. Um, but, like, you, I think you wrapped it up perfectly. It's just... I feel like they're doing this for the poster, you know, so they mm-hmm. can say, like... Um, I'm trying to think of a big name movie. Oh my god, Endgame. Yeah. You know, even though most of them are like really big celebrities at that point, but the poster was like Robert Downey Jr., you know. All these Scarlett Johansson, actors. Chris Evans, Chris Hemsworth, Mark Ruffalo, and like all these like big names just bam bam bam. And like yes, I love them, but if you want to bring in new actors, I'm cool with it too. Um someone who like doesn't stick out as much is like Paul Bettany. Mm-hmm. Who also has a pretty reputable, you know, acting career. Yeah. I like how they brought in Paul Bettany. I think that's one of my favorite things that Marvel did is that they got the actual uh, voice actor of Jarvis Jarvis. and convinced him, like, hey, you want to wear red makeup all day in a Marvel movie, in multiple movies? And And he plays Vision so well. He does. Oh, it's, it's one of my favorite acting choices that they did. Um, but yeah, I definitely... I definitely think they could bring in new actors. Not that they ha- they aren't, but... Unless they're, like, throwing around names within the actors. Because you know how in... Um, I'm still salty about this, by the way. But going over to, like, musical, you know, history mm-hmm. for The Greatest Showman. How it was supposed to be Jeremy Jordan who played Philip Carlyle. Which mm-hmm. is, like, The Greatest Showman's, like, you know, the That's henchman. That's right. And then Hugh Jackman just said that he wanted Zac Efron to be it. So they fired Jeremy Jordan, even though he was there for the entire songwriting process. Really? He got the movie greenlit because Hugh Jackman couldn't make it in time. So he was the one singing the songs. And you know that viral video with Hugh Jackman is singing, I think, This Is Me? or Yes. So he literally, what he, apparently um, he, Jeremy Jordan's friend said is that Jeremy Jordan was singing and that Hugh Jackman cut him off and just started singing himself. And that's the point where they started recording. So Jeremy Jordan's like, okay, and he just started playing along with it. My jaw is on the floor right now. So I did not know why this. we did not get Jeremy, even though he would have been a perfect Philip Carlisle. Oh, we got Zac God. Efron instead, which he did an amazing job. He did too. good, yeah. But imagine Jeremy Jordan in a mu- movie musical with <laughs> Hugh Jackman. But I feel like that's I feel like that Ooh. might be happening in the MCU. Yeah, where let's say. Not that she would do this, but let's say Elizabeth Olsen. They're like, they come up to her they're like, oh, we're going to be doing this movie and this movie. Like, oh, I have a friend. And let's mm-hmm. say that friend is like Emily Blunt. Wink, mm-hmm. wink. I have a friend. <laughs> I have a friend who can do this if you want to like. Work. Yeah, basically. So now they have this 
other big name, you know? Yeah. So I feel like there's some type of, like, nepotism going on in there where, like, celebrity friends are, like, giving each other the roles. Yeah. We can go on and on about this. All right, and now we're going to dive into more of our personal hot takes that we strongly feel about. Um, The last couple were mainly popular um, hot takes that we see in, like, online and everywhere, and just a popular hot take in general. Uh, I'll start off. I, with my full chest, I'm going to say that Pietro was the dumbest death in the MCU and deserved With her full chest. With my full chest. The chest that has been pierced by bullets by the fastest man, supposedly. (laughs) (laughs) I was flabbergasted. This was the first movie, MCU movie, that I watched in theaters. I was, um, God, what was it, 13? When I first went to go see it, I had no idea who this superhero was um, before, but this man goes fast. I know the Flash. This man goes fast. He should dodge bullets. If not, he should be able to carry or move the people away from the bullets. But no, he uses himself as a shield in front of the bullets. That was the stupidest. <laughs> I'm about to. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm yelling. That was the stupidest thing Marvel could have done. And I don't know. Aaron Taylor Johnson deserved better as a Quips- Quicksilver because. Evan Peters' Quicksilver. Literally move so bullets. Much. Move the bullets away. <laughs> oh my move the bullets away. And he, this man could barely outrun them. <laughs> I'm, oh, I'm like, I'm getting heated up right now. Okay, okay next one, next one, next, next, next one. one. Okay, next one. With also my full <laughs> As I said before in a previous hot take, Endgame destroyed Steve and Peggy's characters. Absolutely. Peggy had moved on from Steve. She still carried him in her in her heart during Age of Um no, not Age of Ultron. In uh, Agent Carter. She there's this beautiful scene. Um spoilers for Agent Carter for those who haven't seen it, but it has been out for at least like 8 years. So that's on you. Um please watch it. She has the last bit of blood from Steve in a vial. The, um, the organization gave gave it to her because that was the last known person to really know Steve mm-hmm. and felt responsible for it, or I believe she took it. But she's on the on the what's the bridge in New York? God, Brooklyn Bridge. Brooklyn Bridge. She's on the Brooklyn Bridge. There's a beautiful shot of her tearing up, dumping the vial into the into the river, and just saying goodbye, my love. And that was so powerful. That was her letting go of this weight that she felt like she had to carry on. Mm-hmm. Um, and she ends up meeting another guy who he's he knows he is not Steve. He knows that he is not going to live up to this mm-hmm. m- this man of America, basically. And but she's all right with that. She loves him no matter what. He is a man wounded in war, and it's just beautiful and then endgame just scrapped that whole thing as if that never happened steve's decision to go back in time to basically rob her of the life she had rob her of the life that she was able to move on and it was shown through two seasons it was so infuriating that's one of the other reasons why i can't watch endgame again because i'm like oh they they completely disregarded both of their character arcs and how steve was able to dip to um grow a life in the modern day mm-hmm. with now Bucky who is now left alone just finally being able to recover from um 
from being tor- psychologically and mentally tortured from mm-hmm. Hydra. Yeah. And now, like, he has Sam. We love Sam. But and his best they're friend, not but as close as him as Steve and, and, and as Steve were. Yeah. As Steve was, because he, Steve knows what um, Bucky went through, because mm-hmm. they were both men out of time. Oh, okay, okay. I will move on to the next one. Yeah, go ahead. Peter Quill was not in the wrong for Infinity War. I will say that out loud. Because you got, at the end of the day, this man is part human. He experienced human emotions. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that was the moment that, like, spiraled Infinity War. That spir- spiraled into the blip. That would eventually become the blip. Mm-hmm. We all like to blame him for, oh, he could have kept it in for just a few like minutes for them to take off the gauntlet it was a natural reaction i feel like he found out that his girlfriend was killed by her father mm-hmm. and not even for like a good not not that it's a good reason but like for the reason of mass genocide exactly he felt anger towards this man who was right in front of him pretending to give a damn mm-hmm. that he cared about her mm-hmm. when she never loved him and she never she felt like it was torture yeah. being his daughter. Like, not even biological, but being his daughter. And for a man who is ta- who is basically working... Who is basically abducted from birth. Oh, not birth. God, Jesus Christ. He was abducted when he was a child. Mm-hmm. His mom had just died by the time he was abduct- mm-hmm. abducted. And he's having to survive basically throughout yeah. his entire life um from place to place basically has like no real family other than yondu who by the way had passed before this had happened so the guardians are his family that though that those are his family yeah. so when he found out that gamora died that had to provoke a strong emotion from him i i will die on this hill that I do not give him the hate that everyone has given him after Infinity War. Mm-hmm. All right. And then after that's, <laughs> that'll be all for me. Jasenia, you have some hot takes that you also like to share. I do. Um, I don't know if I'm going to get as heated as you will. I'm just an emotional person. So probably <laughs> but, not. Okay. Number one, I hate the Madam webcast with all, except for Adam Scott. I love you, Adam Scott. Um, <laughs> but I hate the Madam webcast with all my heart. Dakota Johnson. Don't want it. Sydney. Sydney. Sydney Sweeney, don't want it. Emma Roberts, stick to horror. I I don't... There are better... Okay, all of them are amazing actors, but there are better actors. Like we said before, I think this is just a, another celebrity cash grab. Just so in the poster they can have, you know, that they have these big names in the movie. I don't... Like, I don't see it. And I feel like the only reason they have them in here is because they're going to hyper-sexualize their outfits... Especially with someone like Sydney Sweeney, who's already been, like, objectified so much ever mm-hmm. since her time in Euphoria. I just hate it, and I'm going to leave it there. Yeah. Because I don't like hating stuff, but, like, I hate the Madam webcast with all my heart. Will I still see the movie? Of course. Yes. They're still going to get my money. Yeah. <laughs> but I hate the movie so much. Secondly, I believe in the Spider-Man curse. Yeah. Meaning, yeah. Tobey Maguire and Kirsten Dunst. Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone. Both, you know, well... Emma's Gwen but both the love interests they dated in real life as well and for a long time and they also infamously broke up mm-hmm. um I think that's gonna happen with Tom and Zendaya I think it's a curse even though they tell him time and time again not to fall in love with <laughs> your Every love single interest. Spider-Man director tells them this mm-hmm. but look at what happens 
And especially with someone like Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone, who they went out for what? They dated for five years? Five years, Five years, four years. They had a house together. Yeah. And one of, well, according to the medias, one of the main reasons why they broke up is because Andrew wanted to start a family and Emma Stone didn't. Oh. And now, look, Emma Stone has a child. Oh. And even though they're still good friends, like, they're not, yeah. there's not a part of me that doesn't think when Andrew heard that Emma was pregnant, like, it didn't hurt, you yeah. know? Because that's what he wanted and he wanted that with her. And they ended up breaking up. This gives me La La Land flashbacks. Oh, PTSD. my God. La La Land is my absolute favorite movie of all time. <laughs> and if there was a universe where it's Emma, where it's Emma Stone and Andrew Garfield, oh my! If God. Andrew Garfield would have played Sebastian, if oh. only he figured out he could sing sooner. <laughs> yes. Oh my God, this man! Please, you would have oh, put him in a movie musical it. now. Put him in another movie musical. Oh my God, I think Almost it. Famous, the movie, is going to be turned into a musical, or it has already been. Anyways, that's <laughs> we've been talking about yeah. musicals too much. Um, but yeah, that's another thing. I believe that Tom Holland and Zendaya Coleman are going to break up. But I feel like they're going to break up amicably and it's going to be after a long time. Yeah. And I feel like they're going to break up just due to the fact that like scheduling conflicts and yeah. just the fact that they're not in the same place at the same time. Because um, I, I believe in platonic soulmates. Yeah, and I think yeah. that's what um, I believe that's what Emma and Andrew are in my heart. Like uh, if Sadness. they weren't going to be romantically soulmates then mm-hmm. the best they are platonic soulmates okay and then my last hot take was which shocks carissa to her core it, it shakes me to my core is yeah. that in my humble opinion after watching all these series the disney plus exclusive series the fu- i love them both so much i love you know sam wilson i love bucky barnes andrew uh, not anthony mackie and sebastian <laughs> stan you know where you're going with this love them so much the Falcon and the Winter Soldier is the worst MCU series they put out during Phase 4. No hate towards them or anything. It's just that it was so boring for that much action to ha- for it to have. Mm-hmm. And for it to be that boring. It's Like, yes, we got Patriot. We got John Walker. We got, um, what's her name? Valentina. Yeah. Um, like, we got all these things. And then, you know, Bucky and Steve, you know, in recovery. Um, the Dora Milaje, you know, this whole, like, we got a lot of things, but the show is just so boring. Did you hear what, um, that the Dora Milaje was actually supposed to be Chadwick Aww. in the series, and then he passed, like, Duh, like before he, the thing. They originally ri- written him to be the one to talk to Bucky. In another universe that probably did happen, where mm. it's Chadwick's, um, you know, Black Panther who came in and talked to Bucky. Which I think would have changed the flow of the series. But obviously we can't do anything about that. Yeah. Um, but I just think it's the worst series. I humbly disagree, but this is your hot take. It's the worst series. I, I, I even have a Falcon and Winter Soldier shirt. Me too. I'll wear it proudly. Yeah. Um, you know the scene where Sam Wilson finally comes out as Captain America? Oh, amazing. His man suit, looked like amazing. an angel when he came down from With the, the wings. I'm like, oh God. Um, like literally... I just, I don't know if it was the writing or the director, but it was just, I feel like that show has to be one of the more action-packed shows, because it was just fighting, fighting, fighting. Mm-hmm. It was just so boring. And that's saying a lot, because Hawkeye was, <laughs> Hawkeye's pretty down there on the list, too. Yeah. <laughs> but. We're not saying these are bad shows, it's just, like, not the best. Not the best, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I'm saying, that's saying a lot, because Hawkeye's pretty down there. And I think mm-hmm. the only thing that 
kind of up top guy was Florence Pugh. Oh, and we got a little bit more of Yelena in there. And then Kate Bishop brought like this funky new attitude to the MCU. I love Kate Bishop, even in the comics. Um, That's why I was excited to see Hawkeye. I loved it just because of her. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'll leave it at there. Falcon and the Winter Soldier is the worst MCU series. That's great, but okay. Moon Knight is the best. Yes, that one we can agree on. So yeah, I think that's everything. That was it got it, it, it was, intense. was intense because we were like talking about our different hot takes and there was some we were like wait a minute wait a minute that's, are you sure about that yeah but anyways thank you for listening um i don't know what we're gonna do next week these are gonna be surprise episodes yeah because no. we literally plan them like two days before we actually record yeah so everything you're hearing is just out of the blue mm-hmm. um thank you so much for listening please follow our instagram page at phasing it podcast and our TikTok page at Phasing In. I always say that I'm going to post videos. I never do. <laughs> but follow it. It's there. Um, make sure to rate us on Spotify. And thank you so much for listening. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.